Welcome to OpenBox. OpenBox aims at bringing an easier understanding of open problems that helps in finding solutions for such problems. For the set purpose, I interview researchers, practitioners who have published works on open problems in a variety of areas in artificial intelligence and machine learning to collect a simplified understanding of these open problems. These are published as part of a podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and an AI ethics researcher. I'm the host of the podcast. Ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. Here we go with open box to bring clarity to the curious minds to go looking to solve real world problems. This project is done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity is a 501 nonprofit organization dedicated to minimizing the downside risks of AI and autonomous systems. For Humanity develops criteria for independent audit of AI system. If you want to know more, visit forhumanity.center. Today, we have with us Paul. Paul is a PhD student at Barcelona Neural Network Center as part of Technical University of Catalonia. He is working on the use of ML to solve problems in communication networks. He is also interested in exploring intersection of domains to solve problems. As part of his passion, he also does summarization of research papers to make it easier for people to read. I'm glad to be having conversation with him. We're going to be covering a paper titled Towards Real-Time Routing Optimization with Deep Reinforcement Learning and the Open Challenges in it, which got published recently. Paul, welcome to the show. Hi, Sundar. Thanks for having me here. Pleasure. Pleasure is mine, Paul. Let's let's start with this. Your, your paper is very, 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 very interesting because it combines two interesting domains and it's open issues on both domains. It starts with the open network and why reinforcement learning. Let's start with the outline to understand about your paper and specifically with the communication networks. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I will introduce these communication networks a bit because there is many people that don't know exactly what it is. So I see the communication networks as the infrastructure that is based on different communication technologies, for example, optical fiber, wireless technologies, 5G that everyone heard about. And this infrastructure is used to transmit information, for example, videos, files, emails, messages, etc. So it's like the, the, the core that transmits all the information that we use and we generate from our apps, computers, and so on. And maybe it's easier to see it like this, like the communication networks are equivalent to, to the road infrastructure of a city or of a country, where the roads are the, the, the infrastructure and the cars and the trucks are the, represent the information that you want to transmit through a country or through a city. So basically this is what I'm, I'm working on. Super. 
So uh, with with more information, more complexity, and more data flows, that's going to be very very important to have well streamlined mechanisms of communication. Right? That's yeah. an interesting problem to deal with. And what motivates you to actually look at reinforcement learning or deep reinforcement learning in the context of communication networks? Yeah. Yes. So the challenge is that these communication networks are highly dynamic and they change very fast, and this makes it very difficult. To to use the resources of this network efficiently, and deep reinforcement learning has shown in the last couple of years that it, it works very well in very complex scenarios. For example, it can be alpha fold, alpha zero. Uh, these are some examples of some applications of reinforcement learning, and we, we have seen that this technology matches very well with the in the context of communication networks and it can help enable the real time operation of these networks and also which is the most important real time and efficient operation I understand so you believe that deep reinforcement learning can help help keep, help in optimizing or even bringing in efficiency in the the whole process right we are actually speaking about this uh, in your paper you are also highlighting about certain limitations or current open problems in using deep reinforcement learning in the context of communication network before we get into that big open issues is it possible for you to say with an example how you would use deep reinforcement learning in a communication network kind of a scenario and how it will bring in yeah. efficiency okay so in the context of communication networks i would use reinforcement learning for example to choose the path that the information needs to to follow in order to reach a certain endpoint and maybe this is easier to understand with a real world example but let's imagine you want to plan ambulance an ambulance path to cross a city you know? so from the hospital to the other side of the city so in order to do that you can use reinforcement learning to choose which road to to pick at every road intersection so this would be a, a simple use case that would map the the optimal route for the ambulance it will it's similar to finding the optimal route to the information that needs to be tra traversed and the challenges are that the ambulance depends on what time of the day it is, where do you want to, to go, the, there are going to be traffic jams, there are going to be construction, so you need to avoid this in a dynamic fashion. And you, need, you want your ambulance to get to the endpoint as fast as possible. So the same if with the information you want to transmit, you want to send it and reach the destination as fast as possible. Oh, that's that's very interesting. You you put it in a very very simpler way. So let's say if you're actually speaking about this scenario of using reinforcement learning for an ambulance reaching reaching a destination, right? I know we are speaking about communication networks. We are just giving this as an example because the problem statement is going to remain the same in terms of open issues that you're going to be talking about. What kind of open issues that exists in applying deep reinforcement learning? Okay. So there are mainly four issues that we identified that are quite critical in order to apply reinforcement learning to solve real-world problems. And the first of it, it would be generalization. Then there will be the definition of the action space. The third will be the training time and the cost of this solution that uses reinforcement learning. 
And the, the last one would be performance and confidence bounds of your solution. Understand. So let's let's start with this first one that you're mentioning about in terms of how it it actually impacts when you would want to generalize. How how is that an open problem and how are you dealing with that? Okay. So the problem of generalization is that when you train reinforcement learning agent, usually you are going to train it on synthetic data because not always it's easy to to have the reliable data. So what happens? When you train it on synthetic data, later on you want to deploy it on the real world and you want uh, to, your DRL agent to work well in the real world as well as in the training with the synthetic data. So if the model generalizes well, it means that the DRL agent is not going to lose performance when deployed on the real world scenario or use case. But if the training of the DRL agent doesn't generalize, this means that it's going to perform well in the, your synthetic data, but when you deploy it on real-world data, it's going to lose a significant amount of performance. And this, this is challenging because we, if we want to enable the deployment of deep reinforcement learning on real-world scenarios, we need this characteristic of generalization. Understand. So when we are speaking about generalization, a couple of thoughts that rushes in my mind is that the generalization problem that you're speaking about is also subjective to the kind of technology that is used by multiple parties in this whole communication network, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them could be outdated technology, some of them could be emerging technology or cutting edge technology that they're using. So there could be any impact because of the technology choices also in trying to generalize. Is Am I, am I making sense in saying that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So when we speak about this, I'm able to think of a couple of ethical issues that comes in therein. Because if you if you look at generalization in a kind of communication network and people are using technology like, let's say, they're using older versions of Android, older versions of iPhone, or they're, they're using bandwidth, which are, which are not the fastest at this point in time because of economic backgrounds, then using deep reinforcement learning, if the training set is not adequately represented and the training is not adequately diverse to take into account the considerations that may be there for these these economically deprived or impacted kind of population who use older technology that will have a significant impact in generalization right yeah uh, yeah, it, it, it will also extend to contributing to bias when actually deployed and it will impact the accuracy of how the model is treating or how the communication network efficiency is being treated. Yeah. 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 That's that's a very interesting point, Paul. Let's let's go to the next point that you actually mentioned about, which is definition of action space. So uh, why don't you give uh, a brief about action space and how uh, it relates to this context that we are speaking? Okay. So when you train a reinforcement learning agent, you need to define how is the action space of this agent so that the agent can take actions, modify the environment state and try to optimize the, the problem you, you gave him to optimize. So the, the problem of the action space is that if you have a very simplistic action space, your agent is going to learn well and fast, but the solutions it's going to reach are going to be quite poor, let me say it like this. So this means that it's not going to have enough flexibility to optimize for the for, for the objective you, you define. 
On the other hand, if you if the action space is too complex, this can affect the, the convergence of the learning of the DLL engine and it can make, make it very difficult for the agent to, to learn some good policy that optimizes the objective function. Yeah, so that's an interesting point that you brought in. Let's say if we put that in the example of the ambulance, right? How how does that work? What would you define as an action space and so that the audience listening to it will be able to get a better grasp of communication networks through the example that we're speaking about as ambulance traveling in the, within the city? Yeah, sure. So uh, when you want to train an agent that wants to, to plan the path for the ambulance, the action space could be to choose which road to, to pick in the in every road intersection. So if you make the, the action space, it's it only contains the main roads of a city, for example, like the, the big avenues. The agent is going to learn very fast how to cross the city or how to get to the destination point. But it can happen that these big roads are congested because they are the main ones, the big avenues. So your DRL engine is going to, it's not going to learn a very flexible policy. On the other hand, if you enable that the ambulance can take any road from the city, even the smallest ones, you win flexibility because maybe there is some traffic jam on the big roads and you can just skip this traffic jam going through the these small narrow roads because there's no one. So like this, you enable the, the DRL engine to to have a more complex policy. It's, it has more flexibility to avoid these traffic jams, but at the same time, it's going to be more difficult to, to learn this. Yeah, so this this brings me to, to ask you another question that is relevant in this context is that, let's say in, kind, in the routes, that we are speaking about ambulance traveling at least we will be able to visualize the kind of route options that exist and the challenges therein right so yeah. uh, defining action space is a certain level of feasibility involved with it when we are actually speaking about communication networks is that feasibility easily determinable in terms of what all channels that one need to adopt in in sending through the communications mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's it's not feasible to enable all channels because the network can be very complex. In, in the same, like in a city, you can have very big cities with a lot of roads. So you, what you cannot do is enable a DRL agent to choose any of these roads. So somehow you need to prune a bit this space. And that's why the definition of the action space is challenging because you need to find some smart way that gives you enough flexibility so that you can reach the endpoint very, very fast in different conditions. But also it should be simple so that your problem scales with the, the DL agent scales with the problem size. So going back with the ambulance scenario, in a small city, there's no problem because you can enable all the roads in the DL agent. But in a big city, like 10, 10 millions of inhabitants, you have so many roads that it's not feasible. So that's why you need to find some smarter way to represent this action in this more complex scenario. This also brings me to another question relevant to the point that you mentioned, is that the choice of making the definition, defining the action path or action area is also very, very important here because those choices may lead to, at some point in time, 
communication failures, communication gaps, data exposures, data losses, breaches, and all other threats related to communication networks specifically. Yeah. So one needs to be cognizant of what kind of risks are ahead in that particular path prior to try to assign them. And these risks are also something is evolving in that communication network. So it's not a static risk that has existed for somebody to determine much in advance. So do you have a, a point of view on this particular issue that I'm speaking about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is also one of the issues of reinforcement learning because sometimes it can perform some bad action. It chose some wrong channel or some road in the case of the ambulance, some road that is congested. So it, it can make mistakes, the reinforcement learning agent. And in real world scenarios, the room for mistakes is very, very, very small. So you, you need to be very careful when you apply this reinforcement learning agent. And before you deploy, you ideally you would like to have some uh, estimation of how good this agent is going to, to work. Otherwise, you, you can either kind of alter the performance of the networks or just destroy it, basically. Or in the real world scenario with the ambulance, you would just congest the, the health system because all the ambulances are stuck in traffic. Perfect. I think this gives a very good perspective. With this, we will close our first part of our podcast. And then I look forward to talking to you on the second part. It was very interesting understanding about some of the nuances that you're speaking uh, using DRL deep reinforcement learning in a uh, communication network setting. Thanks a lot, Paul, for joining and sharing the insight. Thanks a lot, Sundar. It was a pleasure to be here.